from the National Catholic Register. This is Register Radio, bringing light and clarity to the news and topics that affect your life. For almost 100 years, the National Catholic Register has been the leading national Catholic newspaper in the country. What is the legacy of this journalistic treasure, and why is it so important to have faithful, professional Catholic journalism? This week on a special edition of Register Radio, we hear from the executive director of the Register. That's right, our usual host, Jeanette DeMello, about her work, the Register, and its key place in EWTN News, and what she loves about being a Catholic journalist. I'm Matthew Bunsen, executive editor for EWTN News and Washington Bureau Chief. Turning the table, so to speak, or perhaps I should say turning the microphone this week, on to Jeanette DeMello, our executive director for the National Catholic Register. And there's a lot to talk about uh, the Register, Jeanette. Uh, I'm glad that we actually have a chance to not just talk about the Register, but also to talk a bit more about you, because I think as a host, you've been doing this for how many years now as a, one of the hosts of Register Radio? Ten years. Ten years, exactly. And I don't think we've ever actually had a chance to have a conversation just between the two of us about what you do. No, it's something that you and um, our producer, Jeff Burson, have long wanted to do. And I think I kept getting out of it in one way or the other. And I think part of that is, you know, most journalists do not want the spotlight on them. And uh, and so it always feels weird to be interviewed um, for me to be interviewed. I like to do the interviewing. And right. I, I have to say... My first um, experience of journalism many, many years ago, I was working for a small town paper in, in Louisiana, outside of New Orleans. And uh, I always liked to write, never journalistically at that point. I just, yeah. I liked to write, you know, and I would write my thoughts, I would, uh, whatever it was. I, I just enjoyed um, writing and sometimes giving talks. I would write those talks as part of a youth group or whatnot. Just was easy with to, to present, uh, you know. But when I was hired by this newspaper, interviewing was one of my favorite things to do. And of course, I'd always have way, way too much material because I could just ask questions after questions after questions after questions. And I, it was always very difficult for me to get to the writing part and having to w winnow that down. Um, Not you know. to mention answering questions. Well, that's it. That's, <laughs> you know, here I am. I, I, I don't even want to be in this role right now. But I, I'm happy to do it because it, it's... Um, you know, it's been 10 years in, in this role uh, as editor-in-chief and now in a different role as executive director. And and as I've looked um, for someone to take the helm of, mm -hmm. of the, the content side of things and the news production side of things, I've reflected a lot on these 10 years uh, and the importance of Catholic journalism. So, so yeah, I'm happy to do this. I'm glad Jeff suggested it again, and, and here we are. Here we are. So the, the obvious question to start with then is you have been in this role for 10 years. The register itself is almost 100 years old. Yeah. And what is it about the register, A, that's so unique, but also why it's really important in the legacy of American Catholic journalism? Right. I think it's, um, it's a really good question. And it is, um, you know, we're 95, I think, as we're speaking, you know, we've got about five more years before that 100th. And what a great celebration that's going to be. Um, the, the media landscape has changed a lot. I'm sure we'll get more into that in, in this conversation. But, you know, there are a couple other newspapers, diocesan papers that were certainly older than that. Um, there were even some national ones like our Sunday Visitor around around the same time. I think um, the the Remnant uh, was at the Wanderer. These are all very old papers, but right. but we've been able um, to 
to kind of hold it together, even in this changing landscape. And I and to flourish. And to flourish. Right. And I think that's very, very important. Um, why has that happened? I, I can't exactly tell you, to be honest. Um, I mean, all those papers were doing good work. Uh, but the register has been able uh, to to thrive. And, and in these years, since 2011, and, and EWTN acquired the register, the subscriptions have more uh, than doubled. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's we're at 40,000 households, um, always hovering a little more than that, or, and you know, but but maintaining that for these last um, probably six seven years, you right. know, really maintaining that level. It's beautiful. It's wonderful, and we're so grateful for those subscribers. But online, we have. Well, I was going to say, yeah. We have just really flourished. I mean, in my years here, that that has definitely doubled, and you know, we're we're at um, 2.5 million uh, page views monthly. Uh, unique I- visitors are really strong uh, for a paper of our size and our staff size is what I mean when I say our size. I mean, we're a small staff; we're under 20 people, right? And so it's really uh, it's a beautiful thing. I think if you say why the register. Maybe part of that had to do with the register's legacy, even in its founding by uh, Father Matthew Smith. I mean, it, he, it was founded in Denver. Uh, it was founded from the Denver Catholic Register, and he had a big vision. And that vision, I think, is still, still something we can subscribe to today, and we do as a team, and we talk about him. Um, and his vision was this. This is, this is a quote from him. If you like a Catholic paper with snap, vigor, and courage, here it is. If you like one that is easy to read, here it is. If you like one that will always be loyal to the church and has no selfish acts to grind, here it is. And I think every single point he makes is important in that sentence. I mean, that's I mean, that could be our mission statement. You know, everything is important in what he said. Right. I, I love that. The first time I read it, however, many, many years ago, snap. Mm-hmm. The idea of that journalism can be snappy, it can be clever, uh, it can be entertaining, but at, at its heart, it still has to be solid journalism. Right, right. And I think one of the brilliant, the brilliance of the mind of, of Monsignor Smith, Smith was that he was a great journalist. Mm-hmm. He really understood media. He was a priest. He understood the church. He started at the register before he was a priest. So that was a journey that, you know, he made. He was a journalist kind of first. He was a great Catholic. And obviously he journeyed into the heart of the church as as an ordained priest. But he was a media mind. I mean, he knew what he wanted to do. You know, the paper itself, the format of the paper followed the papers of the of the time. He had an eye for graphics. He had an eye for design. He, he, he packed a ton into it. I mean, you, you should see those old copies of, of the register just jam-packed with material. But he also, he had a, basically a register school of journalism. Like, he trained uh, journalists to, to do their craft and to do it for the church. And, and their dedication was not only to the written word and to the, um, you know, the style of journalism, being fair, covering all sides, covering, you know, sticking to the facts. He also wanted to make sure that those journalists understood the church. And I can see over the years 
that the register has always maintained that through each of its ownerships, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the the Frawleys after um, after Monsignor. Monsignor lasted from, you know, 1927. He died, I think, in the, in the 60s or early 60s. Uh, it, it remained another 10 years with Monsignor Smith and then... Uh, the Frawley family uh, bought the register, and um, and Joan Frawley Desmond, and we always use her name, uh, her middle, her Very her, her, her maiden yeah. name because <laughs> of that um, of that legacy that she shares with the register. Um, but they brought it out to California at that point in time. But they did the same thing. They had a real emphasis on formation, on Catholic formation. So the journalists were not simply journalists. Uh, who knew the craft of journalism and of writing, but who had a deep love for the church. And if they didn't yet, they were going to help them to have a deep love of the church by reading what the popes were writing or or the greatest thinkers. There was always an intellectual tradition that supported the journalists who were writing. Fran Mayer, who was uh, one of the editors of the Register, really took that to heart and helped form a lot of young writers. The Legionaries, when they acquired it, I think 1995, they did the same thing. Formation was always really big. And I think here at EWTN, and you've been directing a, a, a formation kind of program for our journalists, too, to help yep. them stay connected to the faith itself. And, you know, you're interviewing me, but Matthew, I would, I would ask you, why do you think the Register has stood out in that pack of, um, of longtime uh, Catholic papers? Well, I'm, I'm struck always by the fact that the, the Register was started in, when you said, 1927. Uh, Pius XI was Pope. Here's our historian. I love <laughs> always, it. That's always. why he shares the show. Two years hosting. before the start of the Great Depression, mm-hmm. at a time when uh, the world was inching toward catastrophe uh, economically and politically, of course, with what would follow in the 30s and into the 40s. But there was that commitment to the, the twofold aspect of being Catholic, but also being Catholic journalists. And I want to talk more about that. Mm-hmm. today about what it means to be a Catholic journalist versus just a journalist who happens to be Catholic. But it's that commitment to legacy without uh, being stale, without growing stagnant, right. uh, understanding change, but understanding also how you have to be faithful to the teachings and the magisterium of the church through all of that. And I think that's one of the keys to the register. Absolutely. I mean, the same yesterday today and tomorrow. I mean, this is a part of what the church itself is, mm-hmm. a 2,000-year legacy. We didn't create this. I mean, this is what Jesus with the incarnation came right. to bring us, something that could be ever new. And I think what we try to do is to be faithful to that, uh, the timeless truth of the faith, and bring it to our world today in whatever means possible. And in all of the new circumstances. Exactly. Uh, so we've, we've seen the, the upheaval of the 60s. We saw the Second Vatican Council, and then I know the Register covered it intensely. Right. Uh, then we saw the 70s, uh, Humani Vitae, and then into John Paul II's Magnificent Pontificate, into Benedict, now into Francis, and this idea of helping Catholics and those who are people of goodwill, uh, who want to know the truth, to understand all of that and while still being very faithful, here are the answers that the church has always given us in these new circumstances. And I think the register has been really great at that sort of flexibility uh, in adapting to the new circumstances by bringing in the authentic teachings of the church in those new circumstances. Absolutely, and I do think that's part of it. Is just um, is you could say that you know 
where our journalism is a bit reactive, right? And that could be true. I mean, maybe that's a criticism sometimes, but, um, you know, are we breaking news? Not too often, you know. But what we are trying to do is help Catholics understand the news of the day, the current affairs, trends of thinking, the patterns of thought within our society from a Catholic lens. Well, they can't do that if we don't explicitly bring in the tradition of the church um, you know the pattern of thinking within the church that has has been uh, mille- is millennia old. You know, right. and and I think that we're dedicated to that, and that will never go away uh, in in the registers framework. Uh, that's precisely why our journalists themselves are believers. They're practicing the faith. They are, if not in church every day. They're in church weekly for sure, mm-hmm. and and we pray as a team as well. It's, prayer is a huge part of my journalist's life. It's not just the news. They're news hounds. Don't get me wrong. Right. But they love deeply the church. So this is a, a good opportunity then to take a, a break because we're, we're starting to move toward <laughs> an interesting topic, which is you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation uh, with Jeanette DeMello, the executive director of the National Catholic Register. We're turning the tables, turning the microphone, so to speak. But when we come back, I want to talk to Jeanette about what it means to be a Catholic journalist and how all of that uh, is reflected not just in her work, but in her life. This is Register Radio on EWTN Radio. Stay tuned for a lot more when we come back. Archbishop Cordelione talks about the National Catholic Register. The Register's content is so critically important in the society we're living in now. There's an absence of the practice of religion in public life. So all the more important is it for people to be reading the Register so that they can acquire more understanding of our Catholic faith. I've appreciated the catechetical benefits of the content of the Register. It presents very clear Catholic teaching in a way that is easily digestible. To get six free issues, order online at ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. That's ncregister.com forward slash radio or 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. Call or click today. The National Catholic Register. Read faithfully. Let's return to Register Radio on EWTN. Welcome back to Register Radio. I'm Matthew Bunsen, Executive Editor for EWTN News and Washington Bureau Chief, continuing my conversation with uh, Jeanette DeMello, Executive Director of the National Catholic Register and also longtime Editor-in-Chief and uh, even longer-time Catholic Journalist. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Interviewing me. It's not the place I like to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is um, a, a classic question to start with. We were just talking about uh, the, the legacy of the National Catholic Register and what is the Register. I guess a, a question for you then is uh, who exactly is Jeanette DeMello? <laughs> it's a weird question. I mean, it's primi- a weird question. It's yes, a, but it's primarily, you know, I'm I'm someone who loves the church. I'm a I'm a cradle Catholic. Um, someone who grew up in a home uh, that fostered um, not only the practice of the faith but personal prayer and spiritual life. The importance of all of that. Um, but 
as I mentioned, I started at a small town newspaper, and I'm not. It's not a Catholic paper. It was. It was right. just a small town, and I'm. I'm going to school board meetings, and I'm in, in interviewing a county agent that I didn't even know what a county agent did. I'm, you know, we're talking about the crops that year, and I, I just. I was learning a lot about. Um, journalism as I did this um, it was a it was I had a master's degree in, in church communications if you will or institutional communications that's uh, more like from pu- Rome. yes yeah but when I got this job it was so much fun to interview people and in, and I came into journalism just for the love of the interview <laughs> you know for the love of, of getting someone's message across understanding um, what they were what the, what they were trying to say and how to present that to the reader, what the reader needed to know, and um, and I still love that part of it. But of course, that's not what it's all about, you know. And it requires reading a lot, a lot of news, and um, and that's part of the reason for my transition from from being editor in chief to being executive director. Is as my family grew, I've got three uh, young boys um, now, uh, early school age. I just realized that I wasn't able to dedicate as much of that reading and news hound experience uh, to my everyday life. And so running the more strategic and business side of the register um, and leading a team in in helping them train them and all of that was probably a better fit for me at this moment Mm -hmm. in my family life. But you're also a a Catholic journalist. And one of the questions that's often asked is, how how can you be both? Mm -hmm. How can someone claim to be a journalist, but also proclaim very loudly, as we do, right. that we are Catholic journalists. Right. And and so, you know, journalism um, touts a neutrality, right? Um, it says uh, we have to be unbiased, and we look at this, you know, just with cold kind of objective eyes. And immediately, a Catholic journalist does not do that. I mean, we call ourselves Catholic um, first, we're not a journalist who happens to be Catholic, and so you and know that's a really important distinction to make. Exactly, because a, a journalist who happens to be Catholic may come at it with that s- sort of objective surgeon's laser view, and I'm just going to dissect this. But for me, that's not sufficient uh, in 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 Catholic journalism. When you ask someone who has no understanding of the church and its internal workings to go then and to cover it, then you're going to get some distorted point of view. Not, uh, I'm not because of volition. I'm not going to say they have evil intentions in doing that, although some may. It's, they, they can't see it uh, through the, the correct lens. Um, they don't know the subject matter, so therefore how well can they report it? That's how I see the difference between a journalist um, who happens to be Catholic, you know, maybe they haven't studied the church, maybe they just, they grew up in it and they don't have right. it fresh, and a, a Catholic journalist. And I, and we really try to do that. We want to be fair. We want to paint a full picture. We want to be true to the facts. Um, but, and we want to rise to journalistic standards. But we also need to come at it with a, a full understanding of who the church is and be able to tell that part of it quite faithfully. You know? But also very professionally. Very professionally. Yeah. Yeah, very professionally. And, and I would say, you know, some of the challenges of today, there's a lot of journalism 
um, out there that is based on primarily on opinions. Um, you know, Father uh, uh, Monsignor Smith said, you know, no selfish axe to grind. Well, how much journalism today has a big selfish axe to grind? I mean, yeah. it's it's all about, um, you know, appeasing our audience or it's all about appeasing our ownership or uh, or about the personal journalists themselves. There is there's not much room um, for um, f- for that sort of quote unquote neutrality, and a certain activism in activism journalism, journalism, right? That, exactly, but that still maintains or at least claims to be unbiased uh, and perpetuating or at least uh, trying to continue the legacies of authentic journalism when in fact we're seeing now with celebrity journalism with corporate journalism and other things that that's not happening right. Right. And, I, you know, some people want to claim, hey, you guys are moved into corporate journalism. I, it's just not the case. I mean, right. we really, you know, first of all, we, we use many freelancers, you know, um, and those people present their own pitches to us and we do pitch to them. But we've got a great amount of, of, of writers who just love the church, who are trained in journalism and who just want to tell the story. And look, we can always improve you know, any outlet can, if they're not, if they're honest with themselves, they can say, we can always do better. And we can do better, you know. Um, the challenges are, are, you know, finding journalists who are trained in uh, this truthful telling, uh, who are, are good at their craft, who who want to respect um, the, the sort of rules of journalism, um, but uh, who also do deeply love the church. And mm-hmm. The media industry is one of those industries that it's very hard uh, to be a, a, a faithful to any religious practice because it's thoroughly secular. It is thoroughly irreligious, and and people are frowned upon in, in newsrooms when they hold deep belief because guess what? Those people say, oh, you're so biased. You know, religion is is perceived as being a bias. Well, guess what? In a Catholic newsroom, we're not afraid to say that we have that religious bias. We are Catholic, and in our newsroom, we are completely faithful to the magisterium of the magisterium of the church. We want to honor the church's longstanding teaching, and and help others to understand it too. Right, redemptive journalism. Redemptive journalism. Dan Burke used to love to use that yep. term, and sometimes you have to report the ugly. Um, but it's all always, the more important to report the ugly. I, exactly. Yeah. It, exactly. But it's for, you know, it always has to have hope because the victory has been won, and we need to recognize that. And another problem of today's journalism, if we still have time, is it's political, so very political, you know. And that is, I I understand that our society is very political. It's very polarized. And we need to understand that we're not sitting here rooting for red or blue, you know, or not rooting for purple even. I I mean, that's just not what journalism is about. It's not what journalism is about in this Catholic newsroom. It's about the the issues. You know, the church does not fall into a clear-cut political category Ever. It never has. And so for us, it's it's about reporting what the church teaches on very important issues that still touch our lives. Um, issues, you know, abortion's big in the news right now. It's, of course, about abortion. It's, it's about immigration. Um, those usually aren't the same side of the political aisle, you know. It, it is about many issues that don't fall squarely into political parties. And and we have to continue um, to present the church's teaching regardless 
regardless of the polarization that exists in our society. Well, in some ways, too, we have even more of an obligation to do that because of the, the polarization. True. So the, uh, we don't have a lot of time left, but I think it's important to ask them, all right, we are seeing a very different media landscape, mm-hmm. even from the one that you arrived in 10 years ago. Uh, That's you, right. When you took over as head of the register. And where are we now, but more important, where do you see us going and how is the register going to respond to that? Yes. And I mean, asking me to predict where the media landscape is going to go <laughs> is, is really a difficult task. Um, wh- where we are right now is we, we are seeing um, newspapers dwindle, continue to dwindle. You do see niche newspapers um, still thrive in certain niches. Um, but Catholic newspapers have not thrived in these 10 years. Uh, many diocesan papers have closed or have become magazines um, with uh, less frequency. Um, the register, you know, 26 issues every other week, that, that's maintained, but that's, uh, uh, you know, it used to be weekly. So, I mean, we've, we've shrunk a little bit. Um, but where are we going? I think it, robust news online, of course. Um, how do you get into someone's phone, you know, and basically get the news and the snippets that they want? Um, that's everybody's uh, challenge, you know. Where the media climate is um, is very, very competitive, and we need to make sure that we're getting in front of people. So we're looking at the best ways of of staying in front of people, staying relevant. Um, that they want to know what we think. We have a great audience who comes to us. We have wonderful direct traffic to our website. That says a lot about our brand and its credibility, and I can't claim that's just because of of me over 10 years or EWTN. It's because of this legacy, you know, built by... Uh, by Monsignor Smith, by the Frawleys, um, you know, by the Legionaries, by Tom Hoops, by all these people who have been journalists for the Register over these years, there's credibility there. So as long as we can continue to stay credible, uh, to continue to make sure that Catholicism, like serving the church and serving the magisterium, serving that truth is first with high journalistic standards, I think people will keep looking for us because they there's a desire for it. Um, I don't think we're going anywhere, you know, but we do need to expand our way of reaching people. And one big project, and I have to say it, that we've been trying to do for for many years since my time here is get all of our digital records online so that these hundred years worth of of, uh, newspapers can be read because we have covered every major event in the life of the church over these hundred years. That's worth people being able to access online and to do research and to understand the continuity that has existed here. Uh, I can't wait for that to happen. It will happen. So that's one area that the landscape for us will change because that's going to be accessible for people. Legacy into the future. Into the future. All right. Well, Jeanette DeMello, Executive Director of the National Catholic Register. It's it's been a a fun conversation. Thank you for uh, being open to it. Thanks for being a part of our team, Matthew. You're an important part. It's a privilege. Well, that uh, concludes Register Radio for this week. Remember, for more news, analysis, and commentary, check out the National Catholic Register online at ncregister.com. Thanks so much for joining us here on Register Radio, here on EWTN. For Jeanette DeMello and our producer, Jeff Burson, I'm Matthew Bunsen. Until next week, take care and God bless. (music) 